What is up, everybody? Welcome back to a, another amazing episode of Culture FC, the weekly soccer show that's not really about soccer. We cover lifestyle, fashion, fan culture, music, politics, all of the things surrounding the beautiful game. None of the stuff really happening on the pitch. My name is Louie, and I'm joined here with my two beautiful, amazing, awesome co-hosts, Alan and Brendan. And we are back this week to discuss one topic that I have been super excited to talk about for a while. And I'm so happy we finally got to it. And that is safe standing for supporters in stadiums. Why is this important? This is important because recently there was a petition that has been signed by over 100,000 people in England to allow safe standing in English stadiums. And that's important because in 1990, the entire UK banned standing sections in stadiums and made sure that every single stadium in the UK was a sitting-only stadium. Um, what that did was kind of sap some of the atmosphere out of these games, and so we thought it'd be really interesting to start to talk about this again because it is a, a point that's been coming up, and also kind of contrast it and compare it to how the MLS has safe standing and how Germany takes care of their standing sections as well. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to know more about us, you can follow us on Instagram at culturef.c. We post behind the scenes pictures, quotes, a lot of interesting little things that you don't necessarily get to see or hear in the weekly show. The three of us also have our own soccer inspired clothing line. It is called Treble and you can follow our Instagram at, at Treblewear. It is T-R-E-B-L-W-E-A-R. Check it out. You get to see all the cool stuff that we designed ourselves, got printed ourselves, did everything ourselves, and it would help us out. We really appreciate it. If you guys enjoy this episode, please give us that five-star review on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and any anywhere that you find your podcast, you will be able to find us. So give us that review. It helps us rank better, and we really, really appreciate it. If at any point throughout this episode, something jumps to your mind that you want to share with us, please leave us a comment in the video version or send us a DM on Instagram, email us. We would love to hear from you guys, and we definitely want interaction. So I think that kind of does it for me. I'll stop my rambling now, and let's jump into this week's amazing episode. guys i got the first news topic for us today and it's kind of a little follow-up on the tie boys that we spoke about i think on the um couple episodes ago. couple episodes ago um so a, a few of them actually ended up not actually being thai citizens um but because of the whole situation three of them plus um the head coach were get, uh, granted citizenship due to the whole fiasco wow. they're actually from um and I might not be pronouncing this correctly, but neighboring country, my Myanmar, Myanmar, mm-hmm. um, as little boys, they were kind of taken into Thai hospitals to be taken care of. Um, and ever since then, I've kind of just lived in Thailand, but unfortunately have not been Thai citizens. So because of this whole kind of spotlight that's been put on them, um, these three boys from the wild boar team are now going to be granted citizenship, which is going to grant them like health insurance and a bunch wow. of stuff there. So just kind of like a nice little positive spin on something that was um, sort of soccer-related. They were just a soccer team, but um, it was good to see kind of not only them just get out of it unharmed, but also get a little their, something in their lives a little better. I also heard that a couple of them wanted to become Navy SEALs after that. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. That's pretty cool. Um, well, good to good for them. I mean, if they've been living in the country for their whole lives and like not and having to struggle as an immigrant and not being documented, that's right. awful. So now, I mean, it sucks that it had to circumstances. Yeah, the circumstances that brought about their citizenship kind of stinks for them. Like, I I don't know how much I'd love being like, oh, like I'm only a citizen because I almost died right. in a cave. But you know, all's in, all's well that ends well, I guess. But um, definitely interesting story that happened over the summer yeah very nice nice uh way to tie it all up i'd say yeah it'll be nice it'll be kind of did you just make a pun what was to it? tie it all up real quick uh, i think if you did he didn't even know no no well, it was a good <laughs> pun. <laughs> kudos to you man it was a good yeah. pun it'll be interesting to see if they show up to any um any stadiums this year like a lot of teams invited them out for oh like regular season games we'll oh really see if they actually show oh. up that's pretty probably that's pretty cool, i would like though. anyone so. follows up yeah yeah that'd be cool all right, so number two, we have a new mascot in the mix for a recently relegated West Brom. 
Now, normally one would think a new mascot, you got to like intimidate the fans of the opposing team and yeah. whatnot. Not for West Brom. They have made their new mascot because their new um, sponsor, Ideal Boilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this mascot is a, a, a boiler. <laughs> it's a person dressed up in a boiler. <laughs> it's just like this big white thing. Yep, just this, just like a big white square with Isn't arms that? and legs. Does it have like a smiley face on it? No, no just face. I think it's just so uh, honestly, it's just a boiler. So it's a boiler with arms and legs, but no face. Yeah. So that's so strange yeah. to me. That you is would so think strange to me. It's like when I mean, we have to show our new sponsors yeah. we really care, right? But that nah, they could have done. I think a little, a couple different things. <laughs> yeah. Um, commercialization of sports. That's what it is. I mean, it's just like it's funny, but to a point, it's just like for the fans, it's just like. What what is the connection there, right? Like there isn't really any. <laughs> it's just like yeah. this funny thing, and um, kind of like the fans can make jokes of it, but it's not really uh, like it doesn't play into their culture whatsoever, which is just whatever. But so my question is like, do you guys? What are your feelings on mascots and soccer in general? Like, are you for them? Are you against them? Do you think it's too much of that commercialization? Because to your point, I think that there are, I guess, like maybe some clubs feel a little affinity with their mascot. Like, yeah. not too much. Like, I know from Manchester United, they have Fred the Red, which like some people yeah. kind of care a little bit about. But I don't think that many people think of it too much. Like, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I'm not a. Bi- I don't. I don't think it like fits in with the sport, the culture of the sport. It's just weird to me. Like, it's. It's something that I don't think. I don't know. It just it, it they they just don't mix well for some reason. Some uh, it just seems way too commercial for the sport. And the, even though the sport is getting to that point, it just it's it's super super, um, kind of artificial, in a sense. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not big in favor of it. Maybe it's because I'm an American, but I feel like mascots are meant to be for like schools. Yeah. You know, not for oh, yeah, like and even just like the, uh, the whatever whatever the Red Sox, the the green giant guy, yeah. like he like I don't know, it doesn't really Wally. do much for me. Wally, yeah, see Wally. See, I don't even know his name. Um I don't think it's really the best place. I think like you could have a mask. I think it's really just for marketing. It's just like, well, we got to put our mascot out there. Yeah, mascots for me are just super childish as well. I agree. They're not. I don't know. I just have never. Th- I don't. Maybe it's just my person. I've just nev- never like thought a mascot was like funny or cool or like anything. I don't know. They're just I've introduced them a little too late in my life. But yeah, I don't know. I just I can see why they attract kids like to to go. But yeah, I will say I've always wanted to dress up as a mascot. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one. That's a different conversation. That'd, that'd be fun. Um, but uh, well, the reason I find it interesting is that for like American sports, when each team is named after some random animal or some random thing, like it almost makes sense in a weird way for the mascot to be that thing. Like, you know, like I don't know, um, like the Patriots. You have the Pat the Patriot, which is technically their mascot. It's like just this big yep. revolutionary uh, war hero. And like just with a big head, with a weird shaped head. Yeah, with a weird shaped <laughs> head, and it's like, okay, so they're the Patriots. They're named after a Patriot, so our ma- mascot is the Patriot. I feel like for for soccer clubs, that that's not a thing because you're not the Manchester Devils, you're not right. the Liverpool Birds. You're, you 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 know these are places named after locations. They're not supposed to be centralized around some like animal that's supposed to represent you. I mean, like I get each like each club has its identifying like animal or, or whatever symbol. but symbol i guess is a more proper term um because i mean nottingham forest they have trees yeah. they're not an animal um but you know no but i actually think that's a good point i think uh, in a lot of um soccer culture and a lot of kind of what clubs are founded on the mascots quote-unquote are the people and the culture that the teams represent right so having a mascot seems super ingenuine because that's not representing what the the club is representing. If you look at a lot of club crests, they have kind of unique things that represent the people from that. You think of Manchester United, it has the ships and, and, you know, it has a bunch of things that represent the people from those locations. Whereas, like, you don't really need that red, Fred the Red, to represent what Manchester United is because the people that go into the games do that pretty well. So that's that's a pretty cool point. I think that that's super relevant and um, kind of why it doesn't associate well in my head. Well put. But moving along to our third topic, kind of along the same lines of like when people say that modern soccer, modern football is kind of crappy. For Real Madrid are selling official replica jerseys with the name of a fictional player on the back for 150 euro. (laughs) 
So if any of you guys have ever played the latest versions of FIFA, you may know who Alex Hunter is. Oh, um, he's the character they <laughs> no created. Way, dude. So he is a character that EA created for FIFA to be like this, like you, it's like this fill-in character where you kind of live his life through the FIFA career mode or whatever, and you kind of get to follow Alex Hunter. And they did this whole marketing campaign behind Alex Hunter or whatever. Well, I guess Alex Hunter transferred to Real Madrid. Um, and so since they can't sell Cristiano Ronaldo jerseys for 150 euro anymore, they are now selling a jersey with a fake player's name on it for 150 euros. I can see all like the old Spanish like Real Madrid fans looking at this jersey and be like, "Can it Like just like completely confused at like, who the hell this Hunter character is like, on their when jersey. Did, when did we <laughs> sign him? Like is <laughs> like yeah, like they're like t- they are, they think they're completely out of touch with who Real Madrid is signing, but in reality, it's just a stupid video game character. <laughs> oh man, I can imagine them being like, "Oh, so we signed that Vinicius <laughs> Junior kid? How about that Hunter kid? <laughs> yeah, like, what like, is he any these good?" Street conversations like <laughs> about random players. He must be a reserve. <laughs> yeah, like what's going on? Oh, we should start uh, a rumor. Yeah, it's just like well, it's like those videos that I, on YouTube you can find where it's just like they do like how much do you know about your club and just bring up random transfers for for um for teams and player people on the street are like oh yeah he's a really good player but in reality they've never seen them that's what that reminds me of it's just like okay i wonder how many they've sold like how <laughs> well so here's the thing is that like your point about the old like the older heads around like the madrid uh, are probably like whoa what the hell who the fuck is this kid but then you have like the younger kids who grew up on fifa who are probably like oh my god i can't wait to get an yeah, alex yeah, hunter jersey like, huh. when you're like <laughs> that's cool but for 150,000 yeah. euros like 150,000 no, euros <laughs> my bad 150 euros like that's kind of crazy no that's ridiculous man especially since like I wonder if Alex Hunter is going to be the main character in the next FIFA series. Like, does it make sense at that point? Or does it continue to be this commercialization where they bring in, and like, Doug Jones character. next yeah. year and all I would have rather like them make a jersey for, um, what's that movie? The guy in the movie Goal? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I would have that, that jersey. Um, <laughs> that's Santiago. Joke. Yeah, Santiago. I would have rather the jersey for him. Give that guy some respect. Dang. Just, I'm on Real Madrid's U.S. website, and it's like $99 for a youth Alex Hunter jersey, $160 <laughs> for an authentic jersey, what? and then 120 for a replica jersey. So That's you're telling me you have the balls <laughs> to write authentic yeah, jersey like authentic of a player authentic who doesn't to? exist? What's the authentic to this <laughs> fake game? Like, what is it real to? Oh, my uh, gosh. Just, yeah, the commercialization of the sport is just, just not... It's not doing it for me, boys. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. This week, you had pl- like you had teams like, oh, Chelsea announced the signing of uh, Mateo Kovacic, and you have Chelsea doing this and Liverpool doing that, and 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 then United sign a deal with Chivas Regal to be the official yeah. Scotch of Man United. And they Great. just they just came out with a brand new Manchester United app. Nice. That's Yay. exactly what I've been waiting Thank for. Thank you. <laughs> Scotch. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know what's good though. Because if they're sponsored by like uh, a Scotch brand, we'll just drink ourselves to death <laughs> yeah. this year. Because yeah. you know, apparently, we're not going to do anything. Yeah, so, uh, good thing we signed a Scotch deal. <laughs> but okay, doom and gloom. We're done with it. Let's move on to the main topic of today, and that is safe standing. So, for anyone that knows or doesn't know, I'll, I'll kind of recap. Safe standing. Uh, back in the day, this is big um, in in Europe and in England, where stadiums weren't like what you see today they weren't covered they weren't filled with seats and people were sitting they were all kind of standing areas you show up to the stadium um and be kind of cooped up in this area standing next to people shoulder to shoulder elbow to elbow um and and it was great it really set a lot the tone for kind of what people believe to be soccer culture in stadiums um but this kind of changed um in 1989 when there was a the hillsborough tragedy and the Hillsborough tra- tragedy, for anyone who doesn't know, is um, a game where uh, the stadium s- standing area actually got too overcrowded. And what happened was people started getting um, kind of trampled, ex- ex- asphyxiated, um, and it ended up that 96 Liverpool fans actually died that day because of this kind of overcrowding um, because there were fences or around the, the, s- the standing areas people couldn't get out so it just kind of ended up being this kind of horrible horrible tragedy and due to that um and due to that measures were taken across england um and kind of europe a a lot of countries in europe where um that was no longer going to be tolerated every stadium had to kind of implement um, stadium seating so that there was kind of a um, set number of people um that could go to 
to watch the games, etc. So, oh, uh, so it's important to note too that um, so the terrace that had the the safe standing actually like started to collapse, and yeah. that's why a lot of people fell. And um, when this report came out that said that all the uh, stadiums needed to be seating or whatever, there's a lot of people who dispute the fact that it was the so basically what the FA and the people in England argue is that it was the people being too rowdy that made right. the terrace fall. Right. But there's a lot of people who actually argue that in reality it was an issue of the stadium right. and not necessarily the fans. Yeah. Um, and I think that's only that's important to note because that's one of the biggest points of contention yeah. between safe standing is that a lot of people argue that it wasn't necessarily the safe standing. It was just uh, like poor planning on the stadium sport or the right. stadium just having a failure that caused that to happen. A and that's a good point because the at the time it was um, obviously not a, a great way of kind of keeping track of how many people were getting into the stadiums. Um, stewards were saying that this happened because um, they, fans were able to open up a gate and get into the standing area. So there was whole this whole debate, and, and that's good. Um, thank you for, for noting that, Louis, because that's important as well. But so after this tragedy... Uh, measures were taken to put seating in. Everyone was okay with it because obviously no one wanted to see this kind of take place again. But ever since then, um, with with these kind of just seated stadiums, we've been seeing a, de a decline in kind of the atmospheres in stadiums across England, especially England, because this is kind of where the, the majority of, of this is happening now. Um, a kind of a loss of that atmosphere. Um, a lot of the standing areas were where kind of the more um, rowdy and, and kind of excited fans were for a lot of these for a lot of these teams so getting rid of that um you're kind of losing that atmosphere um you're you're, you're kind of making stadiums hostile because some people want to stand while others are seated and and it kind of sets this kind of ba bad tone for stadiums and if you've ever watched a game at, in a stadium sitting down it's really boring yeah like absolutely. it's 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 i'm not saying it's really boring because you still have the football on display but it, it's not the same. Like, y you know when you're at a game and people just keep, like, standing up in front of you. And it right. kind of bothers you, too. Absolutely. So it's like you have this weird thing of, like, do we all stand? Do we all sit? Right. And so it's very interesting because it, it, it adds such a big level to the culture. And it's such a small little thing, right. standing, sitting. But it makes the world of difference. Right. And, and to your point, the reason why we're going to be discussing this today is because this is actually something that has been – reintroduced in England, over 100,000 people signed a petition to bring um, safe standing uh, as a topic it to, to Parliament and to be discussed in England. Um, fans really want it almost like, I think there's a number, it's like out of the teams that are surveyed, almost 85% of all teams that get surveyed, their fans want standing areas um, to kind of bring back that life into stadiums. So I wanted to kind of ask you guys before, have you been to stadiums where you could stand? Like, have you ever experienced that? where there was just like a mass group of people standing? So when I was in Germany two years ago, I went to the Bayern Munich game, and I kid you not, the the safe standing area at, at the Allianz was absurd to watch. Like, they're right behind the goal, and, dude, when Lewandowski finished his hat trick, they, the entire area of the safe standing turned around and started doing the pausing and jumping up and down, yeah. basically being like, who the hell are you small little yeah. farmers? Okay, mind you, it was Ingolstadt, which is a very small team in Germany in compar comparison to Bayern. Um, but it was just like I was sitting because I was up in the nosebleeds, and I'm yeah. you know I'm not a Bayern fan, but yeah. I was just there to watch right. the game. But just watching those fans behind the goal being able to jump up and down, and they didn't stop singing or jumping right. for a second during yeah. the whole game, and that added such a another it's just had a, such a higher level of like enjoyment to the game that i got to experience that really makes me happy that yeah. i was able to experience that and yeah no it, it makes such a difference and i think that germany has it kind of down to a, a science um yeah. and a lot of the teams in england they're pointing to uh dorman in particular and also the other german clubs as to why and how safe standing can work yeah um because for those of you guys who don't know uh Borussia Dortmund Stadium has a section of it that's called the yellow wall and yeah. 25 it's 25,000 people can fit in the safe standing yeah. area. It's a lot of people. Yeah. I think Germany uh the Bundesliga almost every team has adopted safe standing. Um and we can kind of dive into that a little bit more but yes, definitely Germany Germany has kind of been an example for that. Um B, have you ever experienced anything like that? No, I haven't actually. The only 
foot soccer I've been uh, really like ever able to watch was going to like a Revs game. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you stand up a little bit yeah. and there is the cheering section, but for the most part, I was always just kind of sitting. And, yeah. Um, well, we got yelled at last year when we stood yeah, up. Right. That's true. We did get yelled <laughs> at. Yeah. We were just, we were standing for a while and yeah. we were being yelled at. But um, and that's a little bit of the hostility that was mentioned earlier. Is just like some people sit, some people are standing, so it kind of sets this. Yeah, it's a very thin line you have to balance out unless you implement these kind of safe standing areas. Yeah. But I I hadn't really even known too much about the safe standing just because, I mean, I've never been to a stadium with it. Yeah. I mean, there's Red Sox games, but that's just like yeah, sit standing right. in the back. Right. But even still, um, I think after like doing some research and everything on them, it seems um, – Although there was the disaster and like you really need to put into perspective yeah. the families who lost their loved ones and um, just kind of having that on your shoulders is hard to say like, well, yeah, I think we're going to reintroduce safe standing. But from the designs and, you know, like a lot has changed in stadium design and everything since 1989 um, and just the way they have some of these these areas designed out, it seems like it creates a more space and it allows for people to, I mean, when something happens, like Louis said, when yeah. they're fucking jumping around all the time, right. to not really get in the way of the seats that fall down all the way. Yeah. Um. So, no, I have never experienced it, but one, I want to, yeah. and two, I think it's smart to listen to your fans and, bring, yeah. and start to bring these back the right way. Yeah. Well, a lot of MLS teams have started implementing safe standing, so, um, we'll, so we'll, we, we'll, we got to get into bring that. Bring them up and... Um, gets you there yeah. but yeah i mean I, I went to it wasn't safe standing because it was just brazil but i went to a cruzeiro atletico Mineiro game and um they just don't although, sit down. yeah they, they just don't <laughs> sit down so i can say that i've experienced standing area um and it's completely different i mean i've experienced both the seating and the standing and just something about standing man just you're just already up just start being rowdy kind of that that whole type of situation um completely different game i mean I remember some of the Cruzeiro Atlético game, but like I remember my feeling and kind of what I experienced more than any game I've ever kind of experienced, just because of how lively it was and how crazy it was. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I like, and you compare that to a game where you're kind of seated, it becomes more laissez-faire. And I think for us, something that we always harp on is how important the fans are to the game. Um, and how fans for soccer especially aren't just fans. They kind of are a part of each individual game, and they are like that 12th man. Um, so having them standing is kind of them ready in a battle position for me. And whereas like when they're seated, it's kind of just like, I'm here, just watch this game. But yeah. And uh, it's cool to see MLS teams really start implementing this because they're understanding that this is actually something that is uber, uber important to um, cultivating passionate fans right like when they when they redid like when they built orlando city stadium for orlando uh the supporters group for orlando uh because what a lot of people don't know is that orlando city had actually existed in the usl for several years before it jumped to the mls so they had a big fan base of like dedicated fans so they were actually tasked with helping the people um basically the people who were building the stadium asked the fans for their input of what they'd want the stadium to look like to feel like and other mls teams have actually kind of followed suit lafc a majority of LAFC stadium was designed by the fans. And what a lot of them did was install these quote unquote uh, rail seats. Essentially it's uh, these, it could either be fold away chairs or actually just straight up just rails that people can stand in front of so that they're not like kind of falling into each other. Um, but basically it's these rails that you can kind of stand behind that allows you to stand up safely and you can like have something to lean on. And basically that you could find that now in Orlando city, you can find that LAFC's Minnesota, uh, Minnesota I think, as in well. Minnesota when they open up next year, they've been um, they've been wanting to implement that as well. A lot of these clubs in the MLS realize how important um, this specific, how much atmosphere this brings to the stadium, especially because a lot of these MLS clubs they don't have the most fervent atmospheres, I right. guess, or the most fervent fans. Like a lot of these stadiums are only 20,000, 25,000 right. seats. So they know that if it's going to be an enjoyable, awesome experience, they have to do all everything that's humanly possible to make sure that everybody who's attending these games is having a good time. Right. right. So in other words, you want to make 25,000 people feel like 40 and feel like 50. So, well, how do you do that? You make them, you allow them to really get into the game with these safe standing uh, measures. So yeah. it's it's cool that the MLS has been very progressive in this and, and really took the cues from from Germany to when they were building these stadiums to get it to 
that level from the get-go. Yeah, and it, the actual the lead designer for, for um, the both Orlando City Stadium and now Minnesota's, that he's quoted in an article actually saying that he watched the Hillsboro documentary on ESPN 30 for 30 like 20 different times so that he understood kind of what caused that and how to prevent things like that. So when people are thinking of, oh, man, is this dangerous? I think especially now with modern technology and just infrastructure, um, these people are very wary of what can and cannot happen in these stadiums, and they're very smart at taking the, the appropriate actions into making sure that these stadiums not only are going to be really fun to, to go watch, but extremely safe. Yeah, the risk factor really definitely yeah. plays into it, so they would need to cover every single possible right. base they can. Well, yeah. you know, then that kind of goes back to the thing of, like, what really caused that disaster, right? right. To this day, it's still hotly contested. Um, but it's funny how... England just decided to do sweeping measures across the board. Like, I understand it was a massive disaster. People were outraged. And, you know, Hillsborough wasn't the only incident. um, And a lot of it was also a reaction to hooliganism. Um, In our our episode on hooliganism, I don't know how deeply we touched upon it, but essentially it wasn't to wipe out the safe standing sections in all of these uh, stadiums in England and uh, the U.K. in general, actually. It wasn't necessarily about the disasters. Yeah. It was also a big, big way to stamp out hooliganism. Yeah. It was in conjunction with a lot of things that were just kind of a revolution that was happening in football at the time. And you have to think that safe standing back then was much different than what it is now. right? I think of it almost as just like a pen where you're just throwing True. people in to watch a game. I almost wouldn't even call it safe standing. It was just yeah, standing. It was just, yeah. sta- it was just an area where people could stand and kind of roam freely. So that obviously isn't happening today That by, by no means. Um, and it, you would rarely ever see a stadium be over capacity. That's something that I don't think happens um, n- nowadays either. So that's definitely not, not an issue. And I, and I wouldn't be scared to go to a stadium today and um, think, oh, man, is this going to get a little too, too crazy? Is the stadium not going to be able to hold up? I wouldn't think that that's, that's happening now. And to your point, Germany is, is proving that this is something that is uh, – very easily very easily implemented as long as you control it well right right? because in germany all it is is you know instead of putting in measures that'll uh reduce the hooliganism and things like that all they do is actually just have a bigger police presence and more organization right and that already stamps out all of those issues um it just seems like such a in england it was just a way for them to try to get rid of the hooligans and in a way it worked to a, a big extent but what ended up being the the fallout from it is that all of these clubs are suffering. You a lot of the people in England complain about how Premier League games aren't necessarily fun to watch. It's yeah. they're too expensive. There's no one really singing. There's like all these things that we've kind of mentioned before on the podcast. Uh, you know, sure they were able to. Every stadium is safe, and there's no real like there's no there's not as much apparent hooliganism anymore yeah. necessarily. Yeah. But you know, it didn't necessarily wipe out hooliganism. Hooliganism still exists. It didn't necessarily. Uh, fix any of the things they set out to fix but it's what they did so what did you guys do you guys think it was the right call at the time for them to ban stadium seating or stadium standing yeah i think so just because at the time um they didn't have an i I don't know if they they just didn't have the appropriate measures to kind of tackle it so quickly like i understand it was it was a quick measure to try to prevent any disaster like that really happening in the immediate future so i understand it because uh, i mean obviously technology and a bunch of stuff they didn't have the metrics to be able to control it necessarily um, in a quick and, and safe manner. So I do think that it was an appropriate action to take. Um, and it's an understandable one um, because after a tragedy like that, people just react kind of trigger spur of the moment. Let's do this to keep everyone as safe as possible. So I, I get it. Um, and, and we've seen what it's done for the sport. So, I, But I, I think that um, we're seeing that people are learning that it's, it wasn't necessarily the best idea um, in hindsight. I agree. Um and I think that, like, when you make these laws and everything, I think with time, those laws need to be relooked mm-hmm. upon and they need to be reevaluated. And I think now that Parliament has seen over 100,000 signatures and all these surveys have gone out to all these teams, including um, Liverpool, they had the some of the f- family members and families from the Hillsborough disaster went over to Celtic in Scotland where they do have safe standing and they were like kind of introduced to it all and they were allowed to see it. And there was a video and a couple of the, uh, I remember seeing a gentleman whose father passed away and he was, he was actually 
to an extent like he was he was seeing it and he was understanding that Celtic took really drastic and hard measures in terms of like each person has like 900 millimeters of space like a bar in front of them the seats can fold up super flush so there's way more it seems like there's way more room and they've also even doubled the length of the alleys that like get up to the seats so in terms of that Celtic even like one of the 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 head trainer or like the guy who oversees the grounds said in fact like we may have even lost a couple seats because of the fact that we had to increase these alleyways so they took extreme measures and it seemed as if they were taking the right measures to kind of implement this in in a positive way and that's that's cool that you bring up because i think it transitions pretty well into what i wanted to cover next and it's just like We've been mentioning how important it is for kind of soccer culture and atmosphere, but I think we should dive dip, dive a little deeper into why that is so. Um, and with especially with Celtic, they actually implemented this safe standing area for a, um, a supporters group that they have that they don't actually even see eye to eye with a lot of the times. They're kind of, I mean, the supporters group does does what does what it does, and sometimes maybe does some things that. Um, Celtic doesn't want to associate itself with, but they implemented this safe standing area kind of for them because they knew that these were the fans that were going to the stadiums day in, day out, making the noise, making the atmosphere what it is and, and making it an exciting, um, making it each, each time at the stadium an, an exciting um, kind of endeavor. So I think it's important for us to, to kind of note why this is impo- important to soccer culture and, and kind of, um, especially in Germany, Louis, where, you, where you've been, um, it's something that, like, if they were to try to implement this this law, it would not would not fly. Well, that brings up a point of like, if 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 you do or don't implement safe standing, you're gonna have people stand. You're right. gonna have the supporters group. It's not gonna stop people from standing. Right. They're just not gonna care about the people behind them. It, right. It's a thing of like, if you're gonna go there and be a supporters group, you're gonna do it regardless of where you right. are. You know what I mean? Um, so. Yeah, but it, it adds such a big level because you're allowed to actually, you know, really kind of sway with your with your fellow fans and you get to sing and, and chant and it's going to happen whether or not they're safe standing. It just means is there a little bit more room for you to stand or are you just going to be cramped in front of a seat? It, yeah. It's going to, in my opinion, I don't think implementing a ban on, on standing is going to change whether or not people stand. Yeah, and I think it's important to note something that's awesome like especially in in the Bundesliga and for teams like Dortmund and and Bayern we always see these kind of really awesome spectacles in the stands and that really only happens because people are allowed to be standing right like you're not gonna be able to make an an amazing spectacle like like Dortmund can if you're seated in your your chair and you can't really get up and do anything exciting right so I think Germany is getting a a lot of German teams get this kind of um, really good um uh, spotlight for for how su- great their supporters are but i think that happens because they're allowed to kind of have that freedom of standing up and, and doing whatever they want so my question to you guys is do you think that implementing a standing like a, a safe standing ban actually prevents any of the things that they wanted it to prevent like does it does it actually prevent hooliganism does it actually prevent disorderly conduct does it prevent like tragedies by implementing by implementing a safe standing or a standing ban where everybody has to be like all seater stadiums and stuff like that i th- i think it did at the time back then it did because like we were saying it was more it's a different it was, animal it was no time. holds bar it was kind of just like we're going to the match we're going into this like pit that's what i kind of envisioned it as i think today it doesn't because it uh, not that things are more civilized but there's just a better control there's better stewarding there's better ev- kind of policies that are in place to take care of, of things like that back in the day i think that that was not the case it was way more rowdy um but yeah to d- today i don't think that it has the same effect i mean it's had its effect of what it did in the past but but today i don't think so yeah no i think it had to take a disaster like that to realize that just all facets of a stadium need to be running a hundred percent yeah in key with everyone else or else something like that could happen again and i think it was just like one of those quick band-aid fixes it's like well let's just stop it all and and reevaluate this and it stinks that it uh, not really took so long but i think to your point like 
diehard fans and hooligans alike are going to stand whether or not you tell them we can't have these safe standing areas. They're still going to stand. And today even, I think if they if if they were to introduce a ban today, I don't think it would go over as easily as it did. Maybe I could be wrong, though, because yeah. if, if we're a disaster, I think people definitely take a different stand. But when you're saying in implement a ban where? Where would this ban be implemented? In the no, U.S. Just, or like no, in I'm Germany? just saying just like if, if this disaster had never happened and they oh, implemented the ban today, I think it would be a lot – I'd say a little bit different. Yeah. I think it would be – met with more hostility hostility yeah yeah absolutely especially since in a lot of stadiums today um we keep saying people are already standing especially in like away ends like when all the fans are they're standing regardless it's almost like a thing where stewards don't even try anymore right because there are certain sections where you're just like you, there's only so many stewards there's x amount there's way more fans they're just going to stand all game there's no so th it's kind of this state this kind of this kind of very loosely enforced rule where it's like we can control a big number of them but we can't control all of them because it's just way too many people yeah essentially what they do is just kind of corral them yeah and then just like that's it right. allow them to be rowdy but in this own little square right and, um, like stand and, it's, around and it's really important to note that this is all very localized in the uk because to i think alan is spot on i think at the time when the, these bands were implemented if you watch any video of a football in the 80s in england it's kind of crazy. Like, just look up <laughs> yeah. YouTube videos, and it's it's literally like, I think it was probably rowdier in England than a majority of places across yeah. Europe, to the point where it was literally like the most unorganized, wild time yeah, across right. the board. And so this ban was a response to lots of things, as we we said. But you're right. Today, even to the to the, it, 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 a lot of the responsibility falls on the stewards. But even then, like like you said. In a stadium that holds 80,000 people, you can't get 80,000 yeah. stewards. You're going to get maybe a couple thousand, yeah. but the numbers still greatly go for the fans, not the stewards. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that supporters are what make soccer so yeah. awesome, or else it would just be a bunch of dudes yeah. kicking a ball, right. with you know. But the I think that what allowing standing in stadiums does is gives – the the fans freedom it gives yeah. supporters groups freedom um and it's been really cool to see the effect it's had in the mls yeah. right so with the introduction of these like safe standing areas of st a, f a few of the stadiums in the mls you see a lot more of these fans creating you know tifos yeah. and doing the kind of stuff that they're emulating from germany um but it's amazing like the even the revs game i went to that i keep mentioning pretty much every episode for whatever reason there was a tifo that they did of right. this giant thing well, and it, i never because it's had an impact on you right that's why i keep mentioning it exactly that's, that's and good. it and it's like i would never expect that in new england yeah. and i was sitting in i was quote unquote sitting in the fort but i didn't sit down a second of the game and yeah. it's not like a safe standing area it was just the area behind the goal everyone was standing yeah and the freedom that this has kind of allowed mls fans is that even if you have a stadium that doesn't have safe standing the supporters groups are still all standing. Yeah. Um, and so by just being, I just think that clubs need to be a little bit more considerate to the fans Yeah, and give them the freedom to be the fans and give them freedom to kind of spur their team on because it's a very, uh, what's the scientific word for a coexisting thing where like you, it's like, God damn it. It's, it's like, come on dude, remember your science. It's like, uh, it's not, a parasite it's the one that it's like mutually beneficial mm, oh i know it's like the fish that eat underneath sharks or whatever yes exactly yeah, yeah, i can't remember what it symbiosis? is symbiosis yeah maybe symbiotic yeah. relationship symbiotic. yes Ooh. good job see not only soccer but also <laughs> science part-time scientist <laughs> um but it's a very symbiotic relationship where each uh, the fans need the club because they, they're fans of the club right. and the club need the fans because without the fans, they right. don't have anything. Right. So if the clubs don't understand this, then that's where it's losing out. And I yeah. think that's where it's kind of getting to in yeah. England where there's people aren't just complaining about the standing in England. They're complaining about the culture in general yeah. in some of these stadiums. Now, that's 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 cool that you bring that up, because I actually think I, I'd almost make an argument now that stadiums here in the U.S. should all have designated standing zones because I think it sets a precedent versus like the, the revolution may not have a standing zone. It's something that's been cultivated through o over the time. But I think actually having a standing zone tells people, hey, we want you to be here and we want you to make noise. So I think that for a lot of stadiums here in the U.S. where maybe they don't know how to 
bring a little extra energy to their stadium, try implementing a safe standing area and kind of see if that pans out. I think that that may be a cool idea just to just to see if people will show up and be like, damn, okay, they want us to be kind of more lively and and excited because that the safe standing in the U.S. here isn't really a problem. I don't think. I think that it happens in stadiums, but American culture in general for sports is to be kind of seated. So I, I think standing in general is, is an opposing culture to just the general American kind of sports um, entertainment. Like it, it's not a normal to American sports culture to be standing. It is during a celebration, but it isn't just for normal kind of viewing pleasure. I don't think like you go to a Patriots game, you're not standing during the game while it's happening or for the full you, four right, hours. You don't, you, you don't stand <laughs> during a basketball game. You don't stand during any of these kind of normal sport, hockey games. You're and not if you standing. stand, you're standing for five minutes, right? Maybe. It's, it's standing for that big, big dunk or standing for the goal or standing for the touchdown, but or then you sit down, right? But then it's that sit down kind of leisurely yeah. type of pace. Whereas it, and it's something that's interesting because I would think that for, for something like the, the Patriots or something like that, you would have organized fans kind of singing and being crazy at stadium. We don't see that, which I, th- which I think is crazy. It's, it's such a weird culture because I would think that... It's like, how do you get... You f- how do you fill the stadium with this many people, but they're all quiet, basically, during yeah. the entire game? Yeah. So I think that kind of... And this could translate to other sports in the U.S., just kind of try implementing these standing areas to get people lively, and, and maybe it would cultivate just, like, crazy sports culture. So... So a lot of people complain that NFL fans are super rowdy, right? Yeah. If you ever seen a tailgate for, you know, Jacksonville or Buffalo, they're crazy. Yeah. So if you were to implement standing <laughs> hey. in Buffalo or Jacksonville, <laughs> how absurd do you think it would yeah. get? Then we get yeah that 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 just gets kind of crazy. But again, I think the patrolling inside the stadium would would because the patrolling outside of stadiums isn't that crazy. Like there isn't really that much enforcement really. Like cops kind of walk around, but you can get away with basically anything. I think in stadiums it would be that kind of controlled crazy. I'd love to like, see it. Yeah, I would love to just see these the, the big drunk guys in the in the the standing zones that of a of a Bills game just kind of just being crazy. You know, kind of bringing that excitement and atmosphere to the to the stadium hey if the nfl uh, is looking for something for the ratings <laughs> to go up because they, they've been yeah. losing try some right. standing i don't know and and that's cool because that that brings up a good, good point that i just thought of it's like think of like all of the iconic moments you ever you have you can remember in the sport of soccer almost all of them that i can at least personally involve something happening on the pitch but then how people react off of it Right, like I think of a big goal, and then I think of damn that those fans were going freaking crazy, or like some of the most iconic Manchester United moments. I think of like when when Anthony Martial scores a goal, he goes up to the fans, and they're all freaking throwing beers, going crazy. Yep. So well, like the fans do play a huge, huge role in how you remember kind of these big, big moments. Well, if you if you guys are listening and you think back to not last year but the prior year's Champions League when Barcelona made that comeback over PSG. When Messi scored that fi- or the second to last goal, he ran into the crowd, yeah. and the goal was already absurd because it you know brought Barcelona level with PSG yeah. on aggregate. But he- Messi runs into the crowd, yeah. and like people talk about Messi as a more like calmly yeah. demeanored guy. If you look at this video, there's fan videos of when he ran into the crowd. Yeah, this dude was going yeah. ballistic, yeah. and all of the fans in that end were yeah. going ballistic. Right. To give you to paint you a picture, PSG had the first game were up what like four not four yeah, one five one yeah. something like that. Yeah. It, it looked as if PSG were going to qualify yeah. no matter what. Second game comes in, Neymar literally drags Barcelona yeah. by the scruff of the neck and makes them win the game. But Messi scores a goal, runs into the crowd, and the people go nuts. Right. That's one of those goals that that reaction with the fans right. meant almost more than the goal. Right. Yeah. Um. The people of Barcelona had already called that game a wash to an right. extent they're like ah oh, whatever like let's see if we can make a comeback but even like the most ardent supporter cannot tell me that they were not at least a little worried that barcelona weren't going to make it through so it's right. like that emotion wouldn't be there if there were no like right. fans that are that rowdy right. it would just kind of be like you know like Absolutely. it wouldn't have had the same impact yeah and i think it's important to note too that like you may think well what's the difference between standing and, and seated well just think of like normal like human reactions like whenever something exciting happens they're jumping out of your seat anyways so if you're already just kind of standing i i think of it you're just already on the edge yeah. you don't need that much you don't need that much to kind of put you over and and any type of like a little excitement in a game can just fuel the fire and make it make that game more exciting so 
I don't know. It it would be it'd be really cool to to see that kind of culture really pick up here in in the U.S. and within the uh, every MLS team and kind of make it kind of really 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 exciting. yeah just reinvolve the fans even yeah. more and just show them like yeah you and we see that with some of the most no. well supported teams in the MLS and the teams that we always mention they have that already. Well, one thing I want to bring up that I find amazing is LAFC. A lot of people make fun of them and they call them like Chivas 2.0. Because if, if you didn't know, LA have, has always had a second LA team uh, right. in the MLS. And it was like Chivas USA. Um, but no one would go to their games. Right. They were averaging, in their last season, they got they were averaging 6,000 people. Um, so LAFC come in, it's a new team. Nothing's really changed except for actual branding and marketing. But with this brand new stadium in LAFC, they have the steepest safe standing zone in the MLS. It's like 34 degrees. It's like super wow. steep. It's like it's like as if they're gonna fall on you, which yeah, is makes the, the, the stadium so intimidating. Yeah. So what you when you think about it is, LAFC did such a good job of taking the, because it's not the same team. Of course, it's a new ownership group or whatever. But it's a lot of the same fans because a lot of the people who make up the supporters group for Chiv- for for Chivas USA could, then went on to be the LAFC. first ones to yeah. start LAFC supporter groups, yeah. right? And so. If you think about how big of an impact that's been, like LAFC has been doing great numbers yeah. in their new stadium. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so what they did was they built their own stadium, A, because they used to share the StubHub Center with with um, LA, uh, the Galaxy. So they built their new stadium. So that's already step one. It's already awesome, right? It's downtown LA. It's really cool. Two, they have safe standing, which allows it to be intimidating and fun. And it's just an amazing atmosphere. They also built their stadium so close to the pitch that it yeah. just you're like right there. Yeah, you're there. And so the effect that that's had from before when a team in L.A. was averaging 6,000 people to now filling out their stadium day in and day out. Like that's a huge contrast. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that safe standing was the sole reason for this, but it is a big portion of it, in my opinion, right. because it allowed the fans to be fans and it yeah. allowed for the atmosphere. Because think about it this way. If you have a stadium that has a ton of rowdy fans and it looks like an amazingly good time to go to because of those supporter groups, you're going to want to go. Right. If, if LAFC were boring, if like the supporters groups didn't exist and if there weren't that safe standing and if it weren't so close to the pitch – I don't think it would have as m- yeah. many people because they yeah. wouldn't want to go for that excitement, yeah. right? But because it's such an exciting atmosphere, it attracts more people. Oh, yeah. People want to go where the people are going. Well, look at any – go on LAFC's Instagram page. Anything that shows fans, they're showing the videos from the standing sections. They're not showing the sections from when people are sitting. No, go no. on almost any any club's um, account that has these kind of safe standing errors, and all of the like cut scenes of fans going crazy are these safe standing errors. They're not – areas where um people are seated so the, these clubs know what sells and they know what attracts people to the to the arenas it would be cool to see all the teams across the board start trying to really enforce this almost like we we need the safe standing area we need this to just give our fans that that voice yeah no definitely um so this is going to be a very weird out of the blue question, but do you think social media has had an impact on how people perceive safe standing? Because I think that when the ban was implemented in England in like 89, 90, you didn't really get to see that atmosphere. All you saw were the negatives on the media of hooliganism in the the standing area. Yeah. Yeah, You'd be reading these articles or watching TV. And all you'd hear about is how hooligans in the terrace of this club or XYZ were like killed another guy here, whatever, all this bad stuff. But what they didn't show you is the the support, the love, the excitement that makes you want to be a fan. Yeah. So my question is, do you think social media has had an impact? Uh, yeah, I think it has. I mean, you just your voice can be heard so much easier nowadays. And on top of that, even getting a petition to get to a hundred thousand right. views or even how just signatures how, back in the day. Exactly. Yep. And I mean, time does tell, but you can. You, get your voice heard easier and you can find like-minded individuals who share your same cause way easier and you can group up and and get a better i would say a a more level-headed idea and perspective on well think of it like how many soccer um, accounts you follow on instagram and like whenever a really cool goal happens how many of them will post the fan video of a goal like how many I've seen so many like Messi scored a goal, but then show the fan reaction video on all these like pretty big um, soccer Instagram accounts like that is huge because that is showing f- firsthand view of what it is in these in these fan sections for people that may have never experienced that. And that makes it seem like, damn, that is really cool. Everyone's on the tip of their toes that that Neymar free kick that, that he scores. You see that from a fan's perspective and everyone's there kind of knowing what's going on. Um, 
that's a game changer. So to answer your question, yeah, I think that social media has played a, a, an, an amazing role in kind of changing the perspective on standing in, in arenas and, and kind of that culture. Yeah, no, I think, and that's super important about how being able to connect with people via social media and build this group and allow for that petition, and it was only happened because of social media, I think that's very important. Um, but an idea I had while we were talking about like American sports and trying to incorporate standing, I think one of the things that soccer has that uh, American sports doesn't is the fact that soccer doesn't stop. It, it mm. stops for halftime, and that's it. If yeah. you, I thinking about it now, if someone asked me, hey, I will give you fifty dollars to stand for the entirety of an NFL game. Yeah. I would say no. It's like a marathon. <laughs> it's a yeah. marathon. You're there for four hours. The ball is actually only in play for 11 minutes. Yeah. And then you want me to stand during commercial breaks that people like you don't get to That's watch the commercials true. for basketball. It's the same thing. Like you get television timeouts like you get timeouts every freaking second. So, yeah, that that's a that's a good point that that maybe that wouldn't that culture can't be cultivated really because it is such a so commercial it isn't just that non-stop action whether you think action soccer is action-packed for all 90 minutes or not it it isn't that kind of non-stop action where there isn't any timeouts and stuff so yeah that, that's actually a pretty good good point that'd but be I'd a love nice to test see, i'd love to see them try though yeah. right because a lot of people always think about oh how can we make football more interesting i mean american football more interesting because yeah. people are starting to really lose interest in the sport and, you know, with the fact that it's a four-hour game and the yeah. ball's only in play for 11 minutes, maybe that factors yeah, into it. 100%. But I think, all right, let's. what if they were like, okay, let's reduce timeouts, let's reduce these commercial breaks and, like, allow for – I would just – I would love to see what a supporters yeah, it group – It would be an interesting experiment to, to, to see that. I would love to see what a supporters group would do to an NFL team. Like, I just think, like, an organized supporters group for the NFL, yeah. that would be crazy yeah. to me. Well, I think there's definitely the interest. How many, like, Facebook groups and kind of Twitter feeds, whatever, Reddit, sub subreddits there are for just these specific fan groups um, that exist. And it would be interesting to see if these people could kind of cultivate that excitement and energy in, in a stadium. It would be hell, hell of a, a difficult task with the current way that it, the sport is implemented. But, um, yeah, it would definitely be be cool to see. Super interesting. If they had to get rid of tackling, too, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Less concussions. That's a, that's a little Let's different get rid conversation. Of the, <laughs> get rid of the brain injuries and <laughs> stuff, and maybe people might actually get. But anyway, back to what we were really talking about. Um, going, kind of going back to the original uh, petition, right? Um, do we think it will go through? Do we think that these – like, because the first club in – England itself actually just put in safe standing. It was only for 500 fans. Shrewsbury, um, Shrewsbury Town. It's a, it's a small yeah. lower league uh, club, but it's the first club in what is it 30 years that yeah. will be allowed to have a safe standing, even if it's only for 500 people. Do you think that the tides are shifting? I think so. Um, the the football league EFL in England. Um, they, I think one of the directors for the league has saying that he expects it to be a, a real re, like a real reality something that can actually happen in 2021 um so i think that with people really cr like chiming up and talking about wanting this it's something that if the if they want to cultivate the sport more and actually make it a product for the fans um they're going to listen to what the fans want and, and slowly transition this right now they're giving kind of a bs excuse that they need more like data on on this but i think i think eventually um within the next few years it'll be something that will s s kind of see transitioning into the major clubs uh, in england yeah um it's gonna be i feel like it'll be a little bit difficult at the same time because although fans may want it a lot of these smaller clubs and stuff may not want to invest the money in necessarily renovating right now like Alan said, I think it will take a little bit of time because I don't foresee. Well, I mean, you could see Liverpool. I Liverpool could do that, but I think they have the money for it. But at the same time, like they just had renovations done. And I think that it's going to take time before we see a flat out change across the board. So I actually think that the smaller clubs in England are going to be the ones to adopt safe standing before any of the big guys. Because a lot of these smaller clubs lose out fans left and right because they're yeah. like, you know, a lot of people would just want to be f glory hunters and they'll support the best teams. But I think that, like, for example, we talked about Crystal Palace was I don't know if it was last week or the week before about how they have an amazing fan base right. despite the fact that their stadium's a little smaller. Yeah. 
Uh, Crystal Palace is actually. We petitioned. talked about Crystal Palace actually in the MLS recap show that oh. you can check out if you follow us, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Shameless plug: <laughs> We have started an MLS recap show starring Alan and Brendan, and we it'll be airing every single Monday, recapping the week's MLS action. Go check out our YouTube. The link will be in the show notes. <laughs> A little mid podcast ad that's okay. for ourselves yeah our, cool. our podcast is brought to <laughs> yeah, you today ourselves. by us <laughs> <laughs> but yeah oh sorry i apologize but anyway go check that out but anyway crystal palace have actually been petitioning pretty hard to get safe standing because yeah. the people are already rowdy yep. as hell at yeah. crystal palace and so they would love to to have safe standing and so i personally think that this will be a way for if, if the smaller lower clubs uh, start to implement this before the big guys, it'll actually give them a better presence. Yeah. So you're thinking tri- trickle up right now? I think yeah. it'll be a trickle up okay. effect versus the other trickle way around. Down. Like, yes, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, City, they all have the money to do these things. Right. But right now, it seems that support for the big clubs is a little lackluster in stadiums, yep. especially in Man United. Yeah. Yes, they fill every single seat in that yeah. stadium. It's a sellout every single yeah. game. But Mostly, a lot of it is tourists. A lot of it yeah. tourists, and and a, a lot of the club have criticized the fans. But I don't yeah. know if it's justified to criticize the fans if yeah. you're not creating, if you're not doing anything to create a good atmosphere. You yeah. can't blame the fans for not creating a good right. atmosphere. Right. Um. So I think that in reality, I, I think a lot of the lower clubs would be the ones to implement it first as a way to bring that support back to yeah. the lower clubs. Because if you were to ask me, right, like if if I lived in England and I had the chance, if I lived around London, right, and I knew that. Crystal Palace had a uh, a nice, safe standing section, and they were rowdy as hell and super yeah. fun. Or you told me I could go to the Emirates and watch Arsenal. It, like, let's say I had to pick a club, right, based on only excitement and enjoyment. Yeah. A, I would never pick Arsenal because I don't want that misery <laughs> for in general. But from a stadium standpoint, and a non biased standpoint, yeah, right. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But if, if I had to pick based on atmosphere and I knew that one club, yeah. let's pretend Crystal Palace had safe standing and they're already more rowdy, or if I had to go to the Emirates, I think I'd rather go yeah. to Crystal Palace and right. enjoy every single Saturday and right. Sunday that I spent there yeah. versus suffering at the Emirates. Yeah. yeah. Plus, yeah, I'll, um, I follow just a bunch of like Manchester United like, accounts and going like traveling to Crystal Palace is one of their favorite games to go to just because of how kind of lively um, and, and just the atmosphere is. So that makes it fun even for traveling fans to, to kind of have that that bit, that back and forth with with home fans. Because it's like be, because the home fans of Crystal Palace are so loud and rowdy, yeah. it allows yeah. the away fans you to also be loud up, and rowdy. You kind of have to live up to that and, and really put up a competition. Right. Which is cool. And it's always fun to be in a stadium and watch fans competing competing oh, by yeah. singing and yeah. yelling. Oh yeah. Because like you know, when I, I'm gonna reference back what I said earlier about how the when Bayern like were winning against Ingolstadt, they turned around. Yeah, that's one of the most disrespectful things fan groups can do because yeah. it's basically like you turn your back to yeah. everybody because it's like, who even are you? You're yeah. not important enough for us yeah. to look at you. Yeah. And it's also like the uh, what's the chant? The um, who are you? Chant. Yeah. It's like right. who, like who right. are you? Who are yeah. you? Like we don't know you. Yeah. Like you're so small and insignificant that we don't know you. That stuff's so fun oh to see. Oh my gosh, it's it, and it's so fun to to be a part of. Like, and I'll reference back to the Cruzeiro Atlético game that I, I saw in Brazil. Everything was something that you could make fun of something for. Like uh, at one point, Atlético um, they scored a goal, so they were gonna inflate this kind of like inflatable cock rooster, not cock. It, wasn't <laughs> it was it not was, a big it penis. Big, it was a big, big chicken. Big chicken. Um, but it was the the air blower wasn't working so it was going up pretty slowly so that was something for the for cruzado fans to, to kind of jeer at and make fun of them for so every little everything is nuanced and everything has like a comeback which is amazing it was just so much fun like and especially as i, at that, I don't even know i was 12 at that point like just such an amazing experience that till this day it's been like my favorite soccer experience ever so it's just like super super cool um to, to see that right and i think that it's such a it you do have a lot of younger kids going to games and of course you don't want them to be exposed to the violence that used to exist but at the same time like you said it had such a big impact on you that having a stadium full of actual amazing support will have an impact on any kid yeah and and at this time it's important to note that i wasn't even that big into the sport of soccer like i i I didn't really really follow it at that point but like that was something that stuck with me just crazy how old were you when you went 12 12 yeah That'll definitely stay with you. Yeah, no, it was something that was just like an amazing experience. But, but yeah, I mean, it, that I can say was kind of like the the thing that made me really start following the sport and understanding the the passion for it. 
just the relationship you yeah, share like with the what club. The fan, the, the, what, the, what the club means to the fans and the fans mean to the club. Like, it's such a, an unreal thing. It, it, it's hard, and it's hard to explain if you, don't, if you haven't experienced it. But it, it, it's something that is kind of life-changing. And, like, also I want to say that we're not saying here that you can't go to a game and sit if that's what you want to do. Right. You know what I mean? We're not saying that stadiums should be all standing. No, we're not no, saying no, that stadiums not. need to all be this. But what we are saying is that a, a, a game needs atmosphere. Yeah. Clubs, stadiums need atmosphere. And without safe standing, the atmosphere suffers. Right. And that's – I just want to clarify that so that yeah, people no, don't yeah. think that we're shitting but on I people who that, sit in no, games. No, absolutely no. not. I think that – I mean, diff- for different – some people want to enjoy it seating. Some people – I think that clubs just need to make an effort to include all types of fans. Yeah, They need definitely. to include the ones that want to go for a kind of a, a leisurely enjoyment and maybe um, just w- want to be sitting down. But they also need to include the people that are going to be making – making the atmosphere exciting. Uh, right. So that that's a good point. That's absolutely true. Because like even at the Bayern game, yes, I sat and enjoyed the game, but I enjoyed the atmosphere yeah. sitting. Like yeah. I, getting to watch the atmosphere. Yeah. I'll tell you this right now. They, it was like 5-1, I believe the scoreline was. And I remember the some of the goals, but what will stick out in my mind will always be right. the traveling support for English Dot, which was a couple of sections away from me. And that was amazing. And then also the standing area yeah. behind Byron's goal. Those two things in my mind, I can vividly play back that like my yeah. men- mental video memory yeah. here and just watch it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I'll be able to do that for the goals in two years or yeah. whatever it is, but I right. will always remember that support. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, like I sat down and watched it, but I got to enjoy a game and enjoy the atmosphere. And that is super critical, I think. It's like the full package deal. Yeah. Yeah. Byron gave me their full package. <laughs> it was great. Was it big? It was. It was very big. Yeah. Big package. Seventy thousand. I think. Seventy thousand. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a very big. That's package. a big package, yeah. and I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed that package. <laughs> oh, it was great. Um, but to kind of like bring this back one more time and wrap it up, <laughs> do we? Do we think that these big clubs will eventually implement safe standing? Like, I would love yeah. to see safe standing at Manchester United, yeah. at Old I, Trafford. Um, I, I think it's inevitable if 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 the fans are really cl- kind of clamoring for it, they, it's going to happen. Um, and especially, I mean, if if the product on the field isn't living up to what it needs to be, like the they need to make sure fans are still coming and attending the games and making something exciting. Um, but we've seen it like if fans wanted singing sections, so Manchester United brought singing sections. So I think eventually, it, when fans are, are want something that they're going to, especially these kind of um, these things that kind of change the atmosphere in a stadium. That, especially once these smaller teams are adopting and seeing how successful it can be, the bigger teams are going to want to take advantage of that because at the end of the day, if you have an, an exciting stadium, the interest in your club, the uh, ticket price, everything goes up, which at the end of the day, a lot of these clubs, that's what they care about is the money. I think um, I think we'll, we'll see that for sure. Yeah, I think if you're a responsible and a smart, intelligent club, you're going to listen to your fans. Right. And when X amount of people want something, yeah. you should hear them out and yeah. at least try it out. But that can't start until Parliament right. opens it up and opens allows it, it back up. Yeah. So we'll see. So but hope, yeah, hopefully that, that comes in kind of quickly and then that kind of will open the, the doors for, for teams to start implementing. And another thing that we haven't really touched upon, honestly, at all in this episode is uh, I think about the Champions League, right? And when you, if you watch videos of like what it's like to go to the Bernabeu or to go to the Parc des Princes, I'm not, I can't speak French. I apologize. But PSG Stadium, <laughs> um, the atmosphere is absurd. So, but like, think about it. You're traveling, right? Your club is gonna go play in Paris, and all of a sudden, you walk like your the players walk out, and there's this massive, yeah. massive people just intimidating the crap out of yeah. you. I don't know if they get that in England right now. And and yes, I, yeah. I've heard that because uh, I was Googling like, okay, if I were to go to England, which United game should I go? Should I go to yeah. a Premier game or a, a league game, a cup game, or should I go to a Champions yeah. League game? They say that the Champions League games are a lot more rowdy because the more serious fans go. But at the same time, I feel like without that safe standing, without that, uh, without the liberty in England to be a, an actual supporter, yeah. I'll say – it must make it a little bit less intimidating. Yeah. Like for Real Madrid to show up to, to to Old Trafford, I feel like it's much less intimidating than for Manchester United to show up at the Bernabeu. Right. Oh, uh, absolutely. I think like England has lost a little bit of that that um, 
edge. That edge, yeah. I don't. I think intimidation. Yeah, factor. It's, it's become it's become kind of like oh, we'll just show up to. England. Whereas like you pull up to a German club, you pull up to these Barcelona's, Real Madrid's, like you're pulling up. It's like hey, we got to be ready for this. So absolutely, I think that England has kind of lost that spark, and it, I think bringing that back will bring England, which is like England's supposed to be like the hard freaking like badass kind of culture. Yeah. Um, I think bringing that back will kind of bring back some of that toughness that has been lacking. Um. In, in the support there. And it's interesting because I, I do say that, but um, the Liverpool Ch- uh, City game in the Champions League last year, they were rowdy outside yeah, of outside the stadium, of the stadium correct. but not in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. All the rowdy guys couldn't get in. So. <laughs> 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 right. No, but yeah, that, that's exactly it. And like, obviously there was a lot of, I mean, there was, there was some violence and stuff that happened, but like if some of those fans could have gotten in that atmosphere, although it was pretty, pretty bumping, would have just imagined tenfold, twentyfold, just the excitement in there. Totally intense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that wraps up everything we've got to say. I think if you haven't experienced safe standing and you have a a club local to you that has it um, or that not even safe standing, just it kind of embraces that culture. Definitely go check it out because it's something that you do need to experience firsthand versus listening to three dudes talk about. Um, But absolutely go do that. If if you do that, let us know. Let us know what your experience with it was. And um, yeah, I think that that's about it. Definitely a good place to to stop here but yeah cool so that about does it for us this week it was a super interesting topic we would love 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 to hear your feedback let us know if you've ever experienced safe standing or ever stood up an entire match of football please let us know send us the dm email whatever comment on the video and if you're listening to this or watching this on the video version subscribe like the video it lets us know that you like what we're doing and that about wraps it up we will see you next week in the new episode.